Welcome to the Apostles Corner, where we discover truth and we become the living proof. Hello, I'm your host, Brian A. Harris. I want to thank everyone once again for subscribing to this wonderful podcast, Apostles Corner, and those of you who follow us on social media and engage with us there. Listen, y'all, I have a very, very special program today. Uh, we are still in season one. We're getting ready to wrap it up, as a matter of fact. We're getting ready to wrap up uh, the, the uh, season one of Growing Older. And today, we are embarking on a journey uh, in episode 10. Episode 10 that I have entitled Growing as a Father. And I didn't want to do this by myself, so I invited a special guest. I have today with me the amazing, the one and only... Kiana Lacey Pearl Harris. This is my daughter. Uh, so so I didn't want to just like, you know, teach something today that I felt that I would just be able to, you know, be sound self-righteous. So I wanted to bring Kiana on because I believe that I've grown as a father in a multiplicity of ways. However, I really don't know if I can be the one to say I've grown. The person that I believe that can say that I've grown as a father and matured as a dad is my daughter. Now, I, I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts. I believe that I've grown. But <laughs> but to be truthful, I don't want to validate myself. I'd rather have Kiana, the wonderful Kiana, Lacey Pearl Harris, to validate. My or government name. My <laughs> government name. Or invalidate um, my position. So, uh, man, so I'm excited to have you today. She's fresh off the road, spring break. First assignment she had was to do this podcast. <laughs> so I fed her on the way here so she could, you know, her brain would work and she's tired from studying and all. So we're going to, we're going to get into this and dive into this. It's going to be very great. So I hope you share, share this with your friends and family members and everybody that, uh, you know, uh, so I really believe that, uh, many people can benefit from this. So, um, you know, uh, I think since six years old, I, well, let me just back up. So I met your mom in 2003 and you were already born. And so, uh, I had no kids. I was 28, I believe. And I had no children and I was, uh, your mom's banker. <laughs> and, uh, during the day, uh, you know, she worked in one place and then in the evening she would come back and bring you and uh, you would take all of my suckers and that was the only way you would come. So I kind of fell in love with Kiana. Now, I didn't, I didn't have, uh, we weren't dating at the time, but Kiana was just, you know, just a cute little baby and so small. And so it was just so amazing to just, you know, pick her up. And even when she came to you, she she make you feel like that you were winning. But then as soon as she got what she wanted from you, you realized real quick that <laughs> you wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> she just wanted to grab hold to what she wanted. And um, and that was it. So the exciting thing is, is that uh, Kim and I started dating and, uh, you know, I started, you know, keeping you and you know, taking care of you when she worked on her shift at the hospital and different things like that. And so, uh, you know, you were six months old, so you didn't even know a father at that point. You didn't have a man in your life or, or anything like that. And so, um, and which is a lot of stuff we're going to cover today. Um, but, um, you know, um, can I ask you, because I don't think I ever asked you this question, and that is, when did you recognize, do you remember, like, recognizing when I was your, your dad, like, that I was your father? You remember, do you remember that? You don't have any idea? Honestly, no. I think <laughs> my earliest vivid memory, actually, is of me and you. The, my earliest two vivid memories of me and you. The only thing I can remember from like before five is like one, when you came and brought me uh, a Valentine's gift, it was the pink, um, bear. the pink bear yeah. for Valentine's day. And my other memory is when we lived in that house 
and we had those chairs, those wooden chairs, and I would oh, like yeah. turn around in the chair and look through the little holes <laughs> while I was supposed to be eating my cereal. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's it's been a, quite the journey. We we've learned a lot really about each other, and uh and and I think just to fast forward, by the age of six, I believe we went to uh, you remember the trip to Barnes and Noble we went to, and we saw this book. So we saw this book uh, that we really we really have never actually read the book together. Our goal was to read the book together discuss it and we was going to do something like this a very long time ago i think we even shot a video before but we never mm-hmm. even edited the video to even try and you know do anything with it and so so we've had this discussion but it's been a while back and i think even since then i'm really kind of glad we didn't post it then because i think we learned even more about each other since that time and so um but the book is by Dr. Kevin Lehman, and it says, Be the dad she needs you to be. Now, we know that the Bible teaches us that um, in Proverbs, it teaches us that train up a child in the way it should go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it. I think one of the mistakes that, that most parents, and since we're talking about father, I think one of the most uh, dangerous things that uh, fathers can do is try to force their kids into a mindset, and I think I used to try to do that. <laughs> I think I used to try to do that because I was trained to do that by my parents. And but you know, Kiana had a different spirit. She had a different mindset. She wasn't. She wasn't going. You know what I'm saying? She didn't care. You know uh, that that I said God said it or the Bible said it or anything. She had a whole different mindset. And so the book was called Be the Dad She Needs You to Be. And that's when my perspective about being a father and parenting begins to. Um, begin to turn because you know <clears throat> we all want that parent that understands us excuse me <clears throat> we all want that parent that understands us we all want that parent that that gets it you know what i'm saying like we're comfortable with that parent that gets us it's not that we want the parent to agree with our foolishness or or to you know just you know be callous toward us. We want that parent that understands, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are growing and we're becoming, and no, I'm not going to be everything you're teaching me overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that feel when I used to like be demanding like that? Um, I think, I mean, it didn't feel great. It was like, kind of like when you're forcing if you're trying to force a two-year-old to say a complex sentence, they can't say it because they haven't grown enough to get to that point. Right. And it was like, in our relationship, it was like, I was trying to tell you, well, I have to be myself. I have to be myself. But it was like, we had to grow into that. You had to grow into that. And we had to grow into a relationship where it was like, you could understand that I'm not just trying to be annoying like or I just rebellious. yeah yeah like we had to grow into that understanding between each other yeah and and that took a lot mm-hmm. it took years to develop because mm-hmm. I think the relationship we have now I don't want to get too much into that because we got a lot we could brag about but you know <laughs> like the, our relationship is totally different mm-hmm. and, and I don't think it's because you moved out and went to college I just I think it happened really after that one last major fallout mm-hmm. we had and and I think it was that major fallout that actually helped us to develop an understanding toward each other and to be sensitive toward each other and learn how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other. And that was, that took eighteen years to get there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you. I think for parents, I'm not a parent, so this is just Thank my God. opinion. But <laughs> but I think you have to just remember that you can't choose the personality that your child's going to have. Right. That's good. Your personality is going to be whatever it is. Yeah. And whatever personality God gives your child, you're going to have to learn how to work together on that. It's just like if you met someone random, like if you met a stranger, they have their own personality. Mm -hmm. But it's different when it's your child because you're forced to live with them. You're forced to, you know, teach them how to be whoever they're supposed to be. So... Yeah, I think the I think the problem with the dispersal scripture that we and I and I always say this, I always say this as a parent and I say this 
because I've been in your shoes as a as a child. I believe that children, you know, we we taught this in our family. And a lot of people don't think I have because you have such a freedom to express yourself and to be yourself. Mm -hmm. So many religious, you know, people, even in our family, you know, think that I'm not raising you right because I give you the freedom to be you, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think when we when we look at the scripture that says honor your mother and father, that's one thing. But then. Um, it says train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. I think when we think in the way that the child should go is the way we prefer the child mm -hmm. to go. You know what I mean? And, and and to a degree that might be true, but I also think that we have to, as a parent, have to get the mind of God and get them get some discernment instead of just our preference or our desires for our children, I think that we have to find out who God made you because it was a lot of personality things that we had going on. It wasn't an absence of love. It wasn't an absence of anything else or giving or sharing. It was just not understanding the personality that you had, and then your personality didn't understand the personality that I had mm -hmm. because I'm an extrovert, which was claiming to be an introvert. <laughs> Can't go do all the arguments that we had there because <laughs> she was she was determined to tell me you're never gonna be an introvert, homie. You're you're not an introvert, bro. No, you're not an introvert. Okay. You're just not. Okay. So <laughs> don't even stop trying to act like you're an introvert. Introvert. You always talking. You always loud. Whatever. You won't shut up. So um, so our personalities conflicted. I would. I don't think I understood truly what an introvert really was, mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't. I wasn't taught to understand the difference. I, it was almost like my entire family was almost clones of one another in the sense that we were different, but at the same time we 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 were we were all loud for the most part. We were all talkative. We were all. I didn't understand the time you needed away mm -hmm. from communication, and I think. Another example, just to put it into perspective, is how with the singing, like when I was younger, yes. I oh, was God. terrified to sing because <laughs> as an introvert, like that's scary. Mm -hmm. And not everyone is just like, like you, you could just get up there and sing. Even if you were nervous, like you could just blow the house down. And I'm just like, <laughs> and so for me, when I was younger, I, I would literally cry because I did not want to get up there. Yeah. And from your perspective, you're like, well, this is the gift that God gave you. Like, why do you not want to like be proud about your gift that God gave you? And for me, I'm like, that's not the case. It's just, I'm scared. But now that I've grown into who I really am and mm -hmm. being an introvert doesn't always mean that you have to be shy. Right, right. And I think I just had to grow into that. Yeah. And now it's like, I can get on stage and sing and not be nervous at all. Yeah. But I had to, you know, get... I had to take my time, and you were not with the taking yeah, time. Yeah, I wasn't about that taking time, because we need to get down to business. That's yeah. all I was that. Get down to business. God gave you a gift. Now do it, and shut mm -hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, another, that's another great point. That brings up another great point. Do it, shut up. If a parent just do it, shut up, without understanding their child, you're basically telling them to do it because you said it, without really understanding why your child is struggling mm -hmm. with even doing a thing. And so as a father, coming from a father who, who represents strength, a father who represents, you know, building a strong foundation, you, you knew I was trying to make you strong, but basically, instead of making you strong, I was doing more tearing you down. And I think, and, and you can tell me, you know, what you, what you think about this, whether or not it was rebellious or whatever, I think it created uh, a rebellion in the area for you. Because it was the, like scary, the, like I don't want to anymore. Right, because parents don't understand that the Bible says don't provoke your children mm -hmm. to anger, you know. And I think sometimes in our demands of what we want you to do so bad that we just jump all over you. I jumped all over you. Mm -hmm. I jumped all over you in front of people. Child. <laughs> in front of the church. <laughs> I mean, I was going off. I was like, get off my stage. <laughs> get off my stage. I mean, just because I did not understand your level of anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. 
and your introvertedness and how overwhelmed you were. I I didn't know because I wasn't really like that mm -hmm. growing up. So I didn't understand how you could be so gifted and so talented and had so much ability and yet just refused to open up your mouth or or you know wouldn't um wouldn't do it and 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 it took me a long long time before i think it was only when i decided that okay this is a, a real issue and i just let you grow into it is when i started seeing you start trying to flourish in it mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to let your kids grow into to who god called them to be when it's time mm -hmm. I think that's important. Yes, and to bounce off of that scripture where at the end it says, and they will not depart from, depart from it. That's definitely coming into fruition now in yes. my life because yes. everything that you said before, and you said this would happen, but everything yeah. you said before, all them long talks, it be coming <laughs> back in my head because it's like, it's annoying when it's like, oh, I don't want to hear this anymore or yeah. like, you know, but then... Once you're out there, you're just out there. You're out there. And that's it. Whatever your parents have put into your head is is, is going to come back. Yeah, and that's that's how you know is rooted in mm -hmm. that 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 the parent actually done their job. I think parents want to see everything while the child is growing up in their house, but the scripture is very clear that when they get older, mm -hmm. that's when you're going to see it. That's what he's saying. When they get older, now when they're in your house, they don't have to worry about you know, much trouble other than getting, you know, in trouble with the, with the parent, mm -hmm. the parent is there to guide, to, to protect, to, to, to provide and, and do all the things that, that they are doing. Um, but the parent, uh, you know, out from under their parents covering, now you basically are, you know, have the whole world in front of you. And, and many times you're trying to make all these tons of decisions and the thing, if the parent has done their job correctly, that child is going to hear their parents' voice mm -hmm. in their head. I do believe that. I believe that with all my heart. And that kind of guides you. It doesn't mean that you won't try anything or won't be curious about a lot of things, but I think that that parents' voice will counsel you even when you're nowhere around them. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, it's almost like a subconscious thing. Like, I might not technically hear your voice, but it's like, it's just the way my brain is wired now. Yeah. Certain things, it's like, mm, I'm not going to do that. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, why? Because this is what my dad said. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just because what you said, but it's like, now that I'm older, I can actually understand the things that you were telling me when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. And see, this, this is a stage of life uh, with, with me and Kiana that I really love because I'm actually... Like the things that I used to say to her, she's now coming back and saying to me, but in her own words, mm -hmm. which which means that she's got it. It means that she's caught it and she's now in the application process in her life at this stage and at this age in her first year of college. I mean, just, just going through college alone and just watching her go in and out of relationships and let's jump into that a little bit because it talks about be the day that dad that she needs you to be how how would you know the kind of dad you need me to be that's a, that's a heavy that's a heavy question it's kind of loaded but i want you to at least think about it see if you can answer that i think the dad that i need you to be is always going to be changing yes that's mm -hmm. good no matter like the dad I needed you to be two years ago is not the dad I needed you to be now. Right. Yeah. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Because the dark and, and sad part is you had to teach me mm -hmm. that you're not the daughter that I've always had. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That was crushing. Because yeah. in a sense it was because we, we always look forward. To, I looked forward to you getting to this point. But then when you got to this point. The thing that I discovered was you were no longer, you know, a baby, even mm -hmm. though you still my baby. Mm -hmm. And so I still <laughs> refer to you as my baby. And many times I treat you like <laughs> a baby. But you have to, you know, when you really feeling your your grown up girl, you need to be grown up girl shoes. You always, you know, always say, well, I'm not a baby anymore. Stop talking to me like that. Because I'd be like, woo, 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 you know, what that baby do? 
I'm always trying to keep on. I'm trying to keep you in a place that you really outgrown. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think you mind it at this point. But when you first moved into this place, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't let it go. Yeah, I wouldn't let it go. And I kept on pushing the point that you're going to be a baby to me for the rest of your life. And you refused. You was like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just not that. I'm just not. With a straight face. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> it wasn't anything. You just, I'm not doing it. No, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be a baby. I'm sorry. You just got to get over it. I'm mm-hmm. not a baby. I'm grown. <laughs> and you yeah. made me accept that. And I, and that took something, you know, because I thought you were being insensitive, but you know, <laughs> at, the same time, at the same time, it makes sense because mm-hmm. no person who is moving into maturity in the adult life or young adult life really wants to be viewed anymore as a baby. I didn't want to be viewed Mm -hmm. as I'm 46 and people still treat me like I'm just little Brian 46 Mm -hmm. and it is nerve wracking. You know, they call me little, you know, Jethro, which is my dad's name. It's like, first of all, I'm 46. Do you see gray hairs in my head? I have a grown daughter. I've been married for 17 years. Like, are y'all serious? You know, I'm I'm not little nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a grown man, you know? And people, they don't want to let go of their perspective mm-hmm. of you or how they see you. And how, because how they see you is how they've always known you. But when they didn't grow with you, mm-hmm. they always see, they can be looking at somebody that's clearly, you know, have aged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and still treat you like you somebody that's still living home with your parents. Yeah. And and I think that's that's a I don't know, I think that's a, a setback to adulthood. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that part. So, um so Kevin uh asked the question. He said, "Why does a dad matter so much to a daughter in particular? Why why do I why do I matter so much to you?" I think, like, I have so much of my mom in me, but I also have so much of you in me. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, always, like, when I'm down or, like, I'm not feeling it, I'm just, I'm always going to hear you in the back of my head. You can do it. Get up. <laughs> Don't lay in the bed all day. You can do it. That's right. Or like, I remember the times you come to my room and, open the blinds and lecture me. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. (laughs) But like, that's what, that's what I really need. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like you're that piece of my life. That's like, no matter what happens, at least I know you're here. And you're like, I could be in the worst situation ever, but my dad's always going to be there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so so he says this, a dad is the one who teaches a daughter what a male is all about. You know, we have those mm-hmm. conversations. I don't play. You know what I'm saying? I still don't play about that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your friend's watching. Go ahead on. Yeah. I hope they're listening. <laughs> it's the first man in her life, the first man she loves, the first male she tries to please. Mm-hmm. Wow. The first man who says no to her. Oh, my God, that's heartbreaking. Mm. The, <laughs> the first man to discipline her. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> In effect, he sets her up for success or failure with the opposite sex. Not only that, but she takes cues from how dads Dad treats mom as she grows up. Now, this is important about what to expect as a woman who is in a relationship with a man. So dad sets up his daughter, uh, sets up his daughter's marriage relationship, too. And if that dad is a man of faith, which I am, he all of a sudden takes on the awesome responsibility of representing almighty God himself. So let's, 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 let's talk about these, these little statements. Uh, We probably won't get through the whole study, uh, but let's just talk about these little, these, these uh, points. So it says, um, in what ways, what have I taught you about what a male is all about? What ways have I shown you that? (laughs) Have we grown into that? (laughs) Um, 
I don't know how to answer that question specifically. I mean, you can talk. But, you can say good for good or bad. Um, I don't know. I've just always been a person with high standards, and I think that's because of you. Mm-hmm. Because yes, you have your weaknesses, but you've always been strong and consistent on certain things and those certain things are always going to be the things that I'm I'm just not going to settle for yeah like and I really don't show weakness in those areas I'm, mm-hmm. I can be weak and still be strong yes. in those areas because like when it comes to taking care of your family taking care of mama like she's always going to be first in your life yeah and no matter how hard the decision may be you're always going to choose her and I think that's what's really shown me what a man should be about. Right. Um, what are you experiencing? <laughs> trash. <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. The dirt underneath my shoe. Oh, is my what God. Y'all hear this? This is major. I've just, you know, not had the best experiences. What? Why do you think that that, that is, though? Why do you think that so many young men are missing whatever you're looking for? Well, first, men just biologically matured like later yeah, than later women. But, That's true. Um, honestly, I just think it's just a sign of the times. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just. She said, "This is eschatological events." Yeah. <laughs> There's really not a lot of great to pick from to mm-hmm. be honest but do you believe somebody's out there for you though you believe that god got somebody for you mm-hmm. no, stop. Let me stop. <laughs> um i'm hoping so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i can be a lot i can be a lot but i'm so, not gonna so, stop being a lot so okay so. okay okay that's good i like this i like this so so you said you could be a lot so what is it that you need to change and that you need me to teach you or show you that can help you to develop a better relationship with men from a perspective of things that you need to change yourself. Um, now don't look at this fellas as an opportunity to try to, you know, see if you can be smooth and get a strategy. Cause right. believe me, we ain't talking about everything on this lot on this uh, podcast. Believe that <laughs> well, she got secrets. She's got an arsenal. I promise you. I think, well, I don't want to change anything about myself, but I mean, none of us want to change anything. Sometimes have a bad attitude. I have a short for a fuse. Yes, and I'm trying to work on that. Impatient. Yeah, I'm kind of impatient. Um, I don't know. Like, I just I want what I want when I want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Why okay. why why do you think you feel like that? Because if I wanted something, you got me. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I spoiled her, and and I've taught her that if a man is not willing to spoil you like your daddy, and I I mean this with all my heart, it may seem like it's unfair to your son, but <laughs> but that's how I feel. I, I feel like my daughter is valuable, just that valuable. So I don't want you know, and I she seen me do this the same thing for her mom, who is very very difficult to choose any item in this world. Because my wife loves experiences, mm-hmm. and she don't care about things. While mm-hmm. everybody's wearing Gucci and gold and Prada and Louis Vuitton and all that, my wife wants a vacation. She okay. wants to. She likes time, and so those are the things she really values. Now, I mean, I can go buy her a purse or buy her this, but the most part, you just you have to just let her go and do things herself. Mm-hmm. Because trying to find things for her. That she's not all that impressed by it, no. but you have seen me try, mm-hmm. and I usually go way out yes. for for her. But I mean, that just shows the effort, really. Yeah, because if you can take the time to go all out for something that you know she really could care less for, yeah, that shows how you, how much you really care. To be honest, because. Yeah. You could do the bare minimum because it's like, oh, she doesn't really care. I'll just get her this. Yeah. But instead, you go above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's the goal is to always go above and beyond. One of the arguments, one of the arguments that we have had, my wife and I, about this one, <laughs> about Kiana, uh, our whole life is because 
every time my wife wanted to get her something insignificant, I wanted to get her something that cost a lot and that was, you know, significant. Because I just knew that my daughter was going to see this and she was going to, before I even got a tablet, Kiana had a tablet. She had a, uh, what was it? Uh, a Kindle. A Kindle. And I mean, it was a, it was a brand, it was the newest model. And oh, I was just like, oh, my baby's going to read. <laughs> she, she's going to read. She's going to read. Kim kept telling her, that girl is not going to read Nothing. She's not going to read. She's going to make a fool out of you. <laughs> and she kept telling me, she said, she said, you ain't nothing but a punk. I mean, you ain't nothing but a punk. <laughs> you, do, you, you go out here and you buy all of these expensive gifts for this girl and she ain't going to use none of it. You know, not a single thing. And then when the iPod came out and all of that, then I just couldn't wait. At first, I couldn't even afford it. But when I could afford it, when I could afford it, oh man, I got up early on after I, I did a, I, I did we did the uh, Black Friday shopping and all of that, and then after that, uh, I just got frustrated. Some said go home, so I went home. I got right up the very next morning and went to Target on on McCain, and I went right in, and they had they had a couple of more left, and I got the best one I could find, and I brought it home, and I was so excited. I don't even think she had to wait to open it. That that's how spoiled <laughs> Kiana is. Like, <laughs> forget Christmas. We got stuff under the tree. Let's un oh, let's open it up. <laughs> we don't care. We I don't think i don't know the last time we waited for christmas to actually open anything because we're spoiled yeah we're spoiled we spoil each other like that mm -hmm. that's reality we, we spoil each other like that i think another reason that um that i have such high standards and it's not like i'm trying to be a brat or unappreciative i'm appreciative of everything but it's if i know i can get it for myself yeah yeah and baby, you better <laughs> come with it because if I know I'm not lacking for anything on my own, right. there's one thing about me, I'm always going to go get it myself. Yeah. So I'm going to expect you to hold up the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. That really makes sense. So, so, so let's, let's try to, let's try to move, let's move through some, some more of this stuff. This is a good conversation. I'm really liking it. And by the way, we didn't plan this. I just told her what we was going to talk about that. I didn't want to plan it because I knew the chemistry that we have. And I know the stuff that we have to say is true. So mm -hmm. we talk about this stuff like this all the time. We literally talk like this all of the time. And the communication between me and my daughter is just so phenomenal again it hasn't always been this way mm -hmm. but i think those tense arguments i think it's john maxwell talks about how healthy uh you have in these family debates and arguments and different things like that they can be healthy if you take them and produce something mm -hmm. you're getting to know the person's mind you it, it, you're getting to know different perspectives and we argue on different perspectives even now, all the time. Like it doesn't even matter. Like we argued on uh, the the uh, some of the uh, pandemic, you know, uh, mm -hmm. things. And I mean, we argued over certain things. I have to be careful because you know the they they're watching podcasts when we talk about that mm -hmm. stuff. So, but I just I just want to be able to uh, always communicate with you like this because these are things that really encourage me. And now again, I get the you know. When I talk to her, like I literally, we have a great conversation. Like no matter what it is, it can she can be, you know. I asked her today how she was doing in the class, and I asked her why. You know, uh, one of the class she was struggling in, and I I told her get in there. You know, we're always pumping each other. When she came home the last time, she started encouraging me and say, "You are the next thing." in line you our family is waiting on you to finish these books you know so we're challenging each other we're sharpening each other at this stage and so it's it, it, it's a it's a blessing to know that yeah we had some rough patches a lot of them as we were come as you were coming up and i was growing as a father but now the conversations we have are you actually you're actually wanting the help you're asking for our suggestions or asking for what you should do. And you showing me and your mother that respect on different things uh, like that, uh, that, that, you know, things that relate to your life. So it, it talks about, talks about, he's the, he's the first male uh, teaching what a male is all about. 
and then it's the first man in her life, and it's the first man that she loves. And we'll move past that because obviously there's love between us. The 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 first male she tries to please. Tell me a couple of ways that you know as you were coming up or at this stage that you really recognize at this point at being uh, 19, just turned 19. Uh, what what ways do you feel that you try to please me? Um, I think ever since I was little, like if I had made a mistake or did something wrong, it was never like, oh, I'm scared I'm going to get in trouble. It was like, oh, I'm scared I'm going to disappoint you. Never wanted to disappoint you. So, yeah. What and does it do for you when you disappoint me or feel like you disappointed me? It makes me sad because... I mean, I know I shouldn't live my life to please you, but, you know, when you care about um, your relationship with your parents, it really does influence the decisions that you make. Yeah. Because, like, even in college, like, like lately I've been really struggling. Like, I haven't been motivated at all. Like, mm -hmm. it's been really hard mentally to, like, get the work done, but it's like, I can't just not do it because I have something to prove, not only to myself, but to you and yeah. to mama. And just, I do everything that I do with the end goal to be able to, one day I just hope that I could just take care of you. Yeah. Like, you know? That would be fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I get my tails low. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, like you just, for me, it's like, I want to work hard because I have these big dreams and at the end they always come back to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really because all of my life I've been trying to, I think the people don't understand how, and, and parents and especially fathers don't understand how powerful our role really is and our presence and our voice. A lot of, a lot of fathers are silent at home. Uh, we, we could get, you know, it, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, I don't think we're going to get a, to it a lot, and that is the impact of AWOL dads. Dads just, just you know, could be present in the house but not engage with their children, you know, not engage with their daughters or, or sons. Uh, fathers who are, are absent from the house, a lot of uh, a lot of empty homes, uh, you know, in America are just empty of fathers uh, because either the relationship with the mother didn't work out and or whatever the case may be, or fathers just being passive and not really taking on the responsibility and the roles that they're taking their roles seriously. The beauty, the beauty about, I think, our relationship is that biologically you're not mine, but I made a decision to be a father. I, I wanted you to be my daughter. My my name is literally on your birth certificate, and you literally have my my last name. And that that was a blessing for me. That was your to me, your God's gift to me because I wanted to be a father. I had no children, and, and still have no biological uh, children. But you can't really tell the difference, you know. And so the you know, is do you feel like there's a difference if since I'm not your biological father like because I know people try to make me feel that oh you're not a real dad because you know uh you didn't really have sex to to you know you didn't get Kim pregnant to to have her and 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 you're not a real dad you know you just around her you know you're not really raising her and it's like this it's, it's crazy for people to even think that way but people literally think that way mm -hmm. and they and they try to challenge me that and make me feel like I'm insignificant in your life and that I really have no place in your life, but the fact that I'm just married to your mom. And so that I'm just canceled because of the whole, I didn't sow the seed mm. to get you here, but I've been sowing seed since you've been here, you know what I'm saying? Into your life. I've been, I've been sowing seeds of success, seeds of a, a relationship with God, a seeds of, 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 of how to carry yourself, uh, teaching you the, you know, to get your five top, you know, uh, values. What, what is your five, uh, your top five values in life, you know, and trying to help you to just start thinking in those areas at a very young age, because I knew when you get to this age, you're going to need all of that. Mm -hmm. And and you run it into it. 
every single day. You run into that every single day. And so for, for a father to be absent, it really plays on a, a child's uh, uh, self-esteem. You, the reason why a lot of people may get you the wrong way is because you have a healthy view of life because you was raised in a healthy way to think of yourself. You were never raised and put down and, and shot down and, and told or taught to not believe in yourself or just do things because I said it or whatever the case may be. Like like the other day, you had your birthday party. It was a lot of people that was being sarcastic, like, you know, you real grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, I'm, you're grown, and and you know what? It, it, this is her decision, and this is her party. You know, at the end of the day, she, she, you still gave me and your mother respect, and uh, and I know you love God, and I know, and the, and the shirt really don't define you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't define you. You was out with your friends. It was it was a, a, appropriate for your friends, or whatever the case may be. It was appropriate for your party. It was a skate party. I mean, it's not like you walk around half naked. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a skate party, and and y'all were just enjoying life. And 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 to me, you were beautiful. To me, you were beautiful, but I know some would look at it as, "Oh man, she just he they just let her do whatever she wants to do, and uh, she just go out there." And what kind of pastor is that? What kind of I, I thought they were saying that ain't sanctified, that ain't Holy Ghost filled, you know, whatever. It's like it has nothing to do with your character, you know. And I've talked to you about clothes coming up. Let, mm-hmm. Go ahead, let's let's talk about that for real quick. This is one area we bump heads on a lot because. I didn't understand the challenges that you were having going to purchase clothes. I didn't have, I didn't understand many things as it relates to clothes, but I haven't always agreed with the things you worn. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always taught you to dress respectfully. T- talk about that a little bit from a father perspective. Cause I think you, you started teaching me, you cared about what I thought about your appearance. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. Because we would always fight about the clothes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that you cared about what I thought. Um, I have a lot of opinions about <laughs> you know, everything that you said. But um, when it comes to like the clothes situation, I think, I don't know. I've always been a little bit of a feminist. So I've always had this idea like, my clothes don't define me now. I'm not finna go outside with nothing on and then be in the pulpit preaching on Sunday. Right. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I just felt like if you can truly stand there and say, I'm not disrespecting my body. Right. Then you should be able to feel confident in what you're wearing. And as long as it's appropriate for where you're going, I'm not finna go wear what I wear for my birthday at the Maverick City concert. Right, you know? right, right. So I think between us, like when we would argue about what I wore, it was like you grew up, of, of course, you grew up in a religious household. Right. So you had those ideas ingrained in you. Yeah. So, of course, we we're going to butt heads about that. And plus, yeah. what daddy and daughter doesn't, doesn't butt heads yeah. about what they're going to wear? Especially as a, especially you were, <laughs> you were, I, again, that's where the, that's, that's where the, where the growth of the father comes in at. Because you have to grow. You were growing. You were almost grown. I had an idea of what you should have looked like. Mm -hmm. And I tried to control that. And you're not going to be. I think think the beauty of giving you, and I'm seeing it now manifest uh, as you go into womanhood. I'm seeing you not even purchase the majority of your clothes. To look like what you had on mm-hmm. on your birthday, like you know, even now you covered up, you know, on things out is, you know, your little knees, and most of us wear jeans with that mm-hmm. on, you know. So so and, and you and you're dressing more ladylike. I think when I tried to Im- impress my perspective 
on you rather than just teach you the value of of what it looks like to be not only just a woman but a black woman mm-hmm. in the world and to understand how the rest of the world how our white counterparts look at black women in the world how your hair is important how your breath smells how you you know makeup and how your lips don't need to be dry like i was i dealt with mm-hmm. all of that and I did, right? Mm-hmm. I, I deal with every single bit of that trying to raise you because from a male perspective, I wanted the men that crossed your path to be able to respect you and not look at you like somebody that they can just devour mm-hmm. at any given time, even no matter what you wore. You know what I'm saying? And so I think those are the kind of friends that you're picking. I think that that is now being seen in the way you dress. It's in the way that you carry yourself. It's in the way that you are now even uh, advancing in your relationship with God so that you can get his mindset about your life and in your decision making. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and and I don't I don't really care about, you know, what religious you know people say because to me the way you dress is much better than looking like you're 85 years old Mm -hmm. and dressing like the mother of the church at 19 so (laughs) you see what i'm saying yes like i'm not with that and just to say my little piece go ahead say your piece baby um this my show you can say what you want i think a lot of people let me let the lord lead me on this (laughs) i think a lot of people have their opinions about me and my parents they think you know they're either on on one side or the other they think oh my gosh all they do is control her they make her do all this churchy stuff and blah 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 and then the other side is like oh my gosh she's a heathen (laughs) and i just want y'all to know we good over here we good so don't worry about it we good um yeah like if i want to do something and I truly feel like this is okay to do. Nine times out of ten, my parents already know about it. We already know. So that's for the snitches. Yeah. That's that thought right there is for the snitches. For those that want to snitch and tell on everything that she does, she does nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like at this, she doesn't she's not one of those children that like we grew up around unless yeah. strict religion. We have to go sneak around and do everything that we did. My daughter doesn't do that. She lives out loud in front of her parents. Like, even at church, I'm not going to say no names, but, like, (laughs) I've heard people, like, try to eavesdrop in my conversations when I was talking to some of my friends at church about, like, a party that I went to, a party that I was going to go to, and they were really trying to back up and eavesdrop like I didn't see them. And I'm just like, if if I'm going to a party, I'm going to text my parents and be exactly. like, I'm going to go to this party. And we they know. have my location at yep. all times. All times. So they know where I'm at. And it's really for my safety. I wouldn't want to sneak off somewhere and be like, oh, I'm going to go to this party. And my parents don't know where I'm at. Because if something happens, they're not even going to know where to start. Because I don't. That's they didn't right. know where I was to begin with. That's right. And I just, I really dislike that people feel like they know everything yeah. about our household and, and my relationship with my parents. Yeah. Because, because I mean, again, she's not one of those kids that walks around sneaking around, you know, playing this, you know, I'm innocent in front of the church people role, which which a lot of pastors' kids have to do. Mm-hmm. I refuse to turn you into, uh, uh, you know, a hypocrite. You know, I refuse to turn you into someone who has to play a role just to benefit church people who many times their own kids are doing way over the top Mm -hmm. stuff you know what I'm saying the only reason nobody's talking about it is because their parents are not the pastors nobody cares about their children that much (laughs) nobody's paying attention but that pastor's kid because I grew up as a PK Mm -hmm. so I know the pressure that pastor's kids uh 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 you know have to go through and 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 I'm grateful for you always including us in what you what you're doing and what you're saying because i think it what was it last summer i think you 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 had left just to just to you know close out the whole clothes segment you know i think you had some tight you know bikers on biker pants mm-hmm. and you just that was all you had and i told her i said girl 
And I said, where you mm-hmm. going? And I said, I said, I told her, I said, and I think this was the last lesson I ever had to teach her on this. It was mm-hmm. the last lesson. And she was like, but dad, I'm just going down the street. I'm not really going anywhere. I'm going to the sneaker store. I'm going to the store down there. I'm just going to look at some shoes and see. When, and I was like, all right, I ain't going to. And I, and I backed up because sometimes as a father, you, you as a parent, you can literally just do to, especially a father, you can, you can kill your child or you can just sometimes just back up and just let them learn for themselves. And that's what I did that day. I chose, I'm not going to get into an argument or a fight. I'm going to let you go out there. I told her, I said, this is what men are going to do. They're going to look at you. And, you know, when you see your daughter feeling out and you're just like, I know what men are going to think. And, you know, it's not like she's ugly. You know, I, I know what they're going to think. And guess what? I let her tell y'all what happened. <laughs> I was devastated. I just immediately wanted to go back home because, especially in Memphis, it's it's very different from living in Maumelle. Maumelle's a very small town. So in Maumelle, I probably could have ran a Walmart and back and been perfectly fine. But in Memphis, I'm going to the sneaker store with a bunch of men in the store. And I was traumatized. I was like, why is everybody looking at me? Like immediately after she said, immediately after she showed up, she felt the eyes of those mm-hmm. men looking at her. And so I never had to teach her that lesson before. And I don't think she's ever done it before. No. I don't. Again, rather. I don't think she's done it again. So so you just keep teaching, fathers. If you, if you feel like it's tough, it is tough. It is tough, especially if you have a child with their with with a strong mind and personality like she has. And I don't I don't want to take that from her. I don't want to take her her strong uh, her strong drive and a strong mind from her because she needs that for the world and for her to accomplish the things that she needs to accomplish. But I think as a father, you help guide that and aim that so that she can use that strength in all the right places Mm -hmm. and not just use it to rebel and to be hard-headed and do what you want. You know what I'm saying? And that way you can have honor and respect, and at the same time you can have skills, you can have drive, you can take control of your life and go forward and do everything you ever dreamed of without needing all of the assistance and affirmations and all this stuff and attention seeking that a lot of people need because they didn't get it from their fathers or their mothers even but again would you have something else to say okay okay so 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 watch this let's 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 let me ask you this question so it says it says and if that dad is a man of faith he all of a sudden he he all of a sudden takes on the awesome responsibilities of representing almighty god himself in what ways have i shown you that I was that that a good example of of a godly man or father, or how have I been a reflection of God in your life, a representative of God in your life? Um, I think how you've been a representation of God in my life is like if I'm if I make a mistake, like of course you're gonna correct me when I'm wrong, but you're also gonna hold me when I cry about it. Right. And you're not going to, you're not going to let people talk about me either. No, I'm not doing that. So it's like, you know, with God, you know, immediately when you do something wrong, it's like, oh man. Right. (laughs) But you also know you're going to go to God and pray about it because he's going to be that comfort for you. Right. And for a godly man, I think I've always just, Oh, my mom, like, I'm tired of these men that are just like, have scriptures in your Instagram bio. You're not, you're not fooling nobody because I know <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. Yes. But I think I just, I want someone who is as driven as you about and as passionate as you about God. Yeah. Because there's a lot of men who are like, oh, I'm a Christian, but. Name one Maverick City song. Oh God! <laughs> you know, that's a bad example. So they have, you know they, have, I mean? they have to they have to know Maverick City to be a Christian. They have to know Maverick City to date me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, Maverick City brothers. Before you can date my daughter, her standards and are my standards. Don't go try to listen to it now. Right. You didn't know it before. You know it before. Well, she gonna know. Yep. A discernment oh, is strong. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. So th- I'm telling you, this we getting ready to wrap up here, man. But it, it, it goes on to say, it says, if a, if dad is a loving, steady, and I need everybody to listen to this. If dad is a loving, steady, balanced man in his approach with his daughter, she will have a sense of security, love, and trust in her relationships with men. She will also stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she will also stand up for herself if males attempt to take advantage of her because she knows that her daddy would never treat her that way or allow her to be treated that way. However, if a daughter doesn't have security, love, and trust in her relationship with her dad, that daughter, listen, y'all, will pay for the lack of those critical things in her life, meaning that she will be driven toward men who aren't good for her, who treat her badly, and she'll allow it because it's consistent with the way she views herself in relationship to men. In other words, she would say, if daddy treated me this way, she'll think then all men must be like this. So I guess I have to put up with it to have a man in my life. Isn't that something? And we see that throughout. We see that these days, don't mm-hmm. we? We see even adult, I see adult women struggling with that because they didn't have a father in their life or they had an abusive father in their life or a neglectful father in their life that they choose what, you know, what they, what the, the, I guess, what they can have. They choose what's available rather than choosing what's valuable. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. They choose what's available rather than choosing what's valuable. You got any last words for anybody out there that that may be struggling in this area, you know, uh, or someone who has a father like you that that may have strayed from their their values or their root or you know their guidelines or whatever. What what would you say to somebody or just give some closing words on how beneficial a father has been? in your overall life? Um, I think it all just comes down to self-esteem for sure. Like if you, and I, I feel like a lot of the girls that get treated terribly in relationships are always the girls that give 100%. Right. And yeah. if you would not be comfortable treating someone else that way, don't let someone treat you that way. Right. Yeah. And if God would never treat you that way. Right. Don't let somebody treat you. Don't that let way. anybody treat you that way. And that doesn't mean you can't give people second chances, but sometimes you have to know when to not give people second chances. Right. Because if I mean, just I'm going to just say from personal experience like there was a guy, and I was like, I never thought he would hurt me. Never. I'm like, oh, my God, he would never do anything to hurt me. <laughs> Show his tail. <laughs> and I was just like, you better be glad I didn't tell my daddy what you did. You better be glad. And that just goes to show, like, there's been a lot of guys that are just like, I got to talk to them, and it didn't work out, or they hurt my feelings. But do you think he know about it? No, because I'm not finna. She already know. No, and I yeah, would I never, know. I'm not even, that just goes to show they weren't good enough. Because if I didn't tell him about it, yeah. then they weren't good enough in they the first place. They weren't good enough in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were just doing something. Yeah. <laughs> wasting time. Yep, wasting all kinds of time for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, that's the show tonight. I'm telling you, this is such an amazing thing. Thank you, Kiana. For joining me on this episode 10. Oh, man. I I know y'all enjoyed this. Listen, don't forget, you can follow me on social media at the Apostles Corner to keep up with what's going on here. And, of course, opportunities to join us for live events on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Of course, you can share this podcast with your friends and ask them to join our community on these audio podcast platforms. Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Don't forget, you can also join me every single Sunday on Facebook and YouTube 
at Generations Church. That's G-E-N-E-R-H-I-O-N-S. Or you can feel free to join us in person at 9644 Mamea Boulevard, North Little Rock, Arkansas, 72113. Again, thank you so much for joining me until I bring you back next week. Another wonderful episode of the Apostles Corner. Y'all ought to give Kiana a hand because this was good. <laughs> <laughs>